0: Welcome to another episode of F That, Breaking the Rules of Online Business, the podcast for people who are ready to question the status quo of online business and market their business however the F they want to. I'm your host, Deanna Seymour, graphic designer and content marketing strategist who loves helping to get your amazing ideas out into the world with fun and engaging content. What do you think of when you think of networking? Is it all stuffy B and I sort of meetings like rules, awkward small talk, and feeling pressure to show up super professionally? Yeah, me too. I used to think that until I joined the Ravel Collective, described on the homepage as relationships, referrals, community, and connection for women entrepreneurs. It's hosted by my friend, Kara Steinman, and it's definitely a group that leads with relationships, just as it's described. And it was what inspired me to really focus on growing my network as part of my visibility strategy for my business this year. I keep joking that 2023 is the year of audio and networking. So here I am, y'all, doing them both. <laughs> Kara Steinman is a business development strategist who helps women service entrepreneurs build strategic digital networks that improve their mental health and the health of their business. So let's get started. Hey, Kara. How's it going? i Deanna. It's great. How are you? I'm good, but I do have to tell you something before we start. I have a very important confession to make to you. Oh, God. My Christmas tree is still up. <gasps> <laughs> we took the uh, ornaments off two nights ago because I told Matt, I was like, we cannot have this Christmas tree up for Easter. Like I didn't want it in the background pictures of like my kids eating peeps and there's also the Christmas tree is still up. So um, I think it's
1: funny that you still have your Christmas tree up. Like,
0: I mean, I, I literally so
1: disappointed in me.
0: <laughs> I keep thinking of you because you. So, OK, people listening. Kara was on the anti-hustle holiday countdown and she said that she takes down her tree. On Christmas Day. We did it at like
1: 10 a.m. this last year. Oh
0: my gosh. And so I just feel like it's been haunting me. <laughs> I look at it and I'm like, I hey, should you box her Kara and show her a picture. There's of a guy
1: down the street from me who's had his like crazy, crazy over the top Christmas lights, like with lasers and all kinds of shit. Going, they've been up for like four or five years. We call it the Killam Casino because I live on a road called Killam. We go like, oh, the Killam Casino is on going off tonight. Oh my Um, god! So don't feel bad. It's it's whatever.
0: Well, here's the thing. I feel like seasonal depression's real, and I just really like the glow of the Christmas lights, and it's in our basement, like our den. And so, like, no one sees it. Like, even people who come over to our house, I feel like rarely go into the den. That's like where Matt and I watch TV after the kids go to bed. And so I'm like, it's. Is it fake? It is fake. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, how do you, how do you have the <laughs> Well, I was still... thinking too, I was like, I should get a, a real one. So I'm pressured, like when it's falling apart to take it down, but it is messy. Yeah, it is halfway down. The ornaments are off. I need to take off the lights. Um, it's pre-lit, but I love a lot of lights. So I also put lights on. So I go take the lights out. And don't worry, it'll be down. So we're recording this on, what, March 31st. Yeah, it's so basically April. It's going to be off. It's going to be down in April. Nobody judge me. Nobody judge me. Nobody's judging me. Anyways, I just wanted to get that off my That's chest. That's hilarious. Um, and that yes, today, Kara is on. Sorry, now I'm all distracted by Christmas trees, but Kara is on today. We are going to talk about, I was going to say networking. We can talk. Well, it's networking. Network? Relationship what, what do marketing
1: and network. Oh, well, I call it relationship marketing. But like somebody actually said to me the other day, they're like, well, when I hear relationship marketing, I think of like multi-level marketing mm-hmm. and direct like sales and that. I'm like, ew, ew, no. Ew. I do too.
0: I do too.
1: Ew. Just- <laughs> so, so maybe I need to like start using the word networking, but I haven't used the word networking because it feels like icky for some reason.
0: It does. Well, it definitely feels intimidating. To me, which is, I feel like I met. What do you, you see in your
1: head when I say networking? What do you see in your head?
0: Like a dude in a suit, definitely, and like printed business cards and like rough handshakes. Yes,
1: and um, close talkers, <laughs> and like bad coffee, and having to get up and get dressed and go out of the house and have small talk with people. Yes.
0: Yeah, it's elevator pitches. That's what like, I picture.
1: Yeah. yeah, I picture my pit sweating and me being nervous, and I hate in-person networking. I literally mm-hmm. loathe it, which is why COVID secretly was so amazing for me because I didn't realize how easy it was to connect with people online. Like mm-hmm. I don't, I don't usually get lonely because I'm like don't like that many people that much, which sounds <laughs> weird to say, but I, I just don't. And so when COVID happens,
0: very contradictory to everything I know about you. But anyways, I know, but you know how
1: selective I am about everybody who comes into the group too. You guys all have the same basic core values. So we all love each other, but Mm -hmm. I don't like, you know, my husband's friends don't all have, they don't all get it and whatever. Networking too, like traditional networking is not that much fun. So when COVID happened and I was online connecting with people more often, that like part of me that was getting lonely and wanted to make connection, just directed that online. And it was amazing because you get to have these one-on-one or one-on-two conversations on Zoom that feel intimate and fun. And you get to know the person in a way that's not shallow and business focused all the way.
0: Yes. Yes. And also I just feel like when you're on Zoom, you're like talking to that one person. I definitely have been to networking events in person before COVID where also you look kind of like walk up on a conversation and you feel like you're hovering and you're not sure when you can jump it like <laughs> you know what I mean you're like oh this is, this is where it's like double dutch you're yeah. like am I jumping in this conversation like what's happening I <laughs> hope I don't get smacked <laughs> yeah and you're just like back up like that gif of like Homer Simpson into the bush like I'm just like ah
1: so yeah I, f- I feel like it's really it's really difficult to host probably a very chill in-person networking event because business is still like, look at, sometimes even on LinkedIn still, you'll see people in the comments like, this belongs on Facebook. And it's like, mm. well, not in my algorithm, it doesn't.
0: What so, does that mean? What, what are they saying? this Oh, they're saying it's Facebook not professional
1: either. enough, like comments or, you know, content that's not professional enough. I saw it a lot when the Roe v. Wade thing happened
0: oh, and, okay.
1: and women were all, you know, pissed off. And mm-hmm. I was in the comments being pissed off also. And then I'd see like some dude hop in and say, this is not appropriate LinkedIn conversation.
0: Oh, because they just want people to be like business robots. Yeah, business that robots. That person does, which yeah. is not what you have to no. be. Okay, so you kind of mentioned the community, but you have a community mm-hmm. called Ravel. Yeah. Ravel, Ravel Collective. Ravel, Ravel
1: Collective, yeah.
0: Yes, I love it. Um, And I, I don't know, came in there recently. I'm also months, thinking like, December, when did we even meet? Like, we, we met. We've when when known we... each other for about a year. Okay. But okay. we
1: didn't connect a whole bunch until just like a few
0: months ago. Yes. And probably until Christmas when I learned you take down your tree the day of Christmas. And then I was like, who is this woman? I need to know more. Just kidding. (laughs) Okay. So let's talk a little bit about. I mean, we just kind of talked about all the things we hate about normal networking. What do you think is the key? Like, well, first of all, we both agree already that networking is super, super beneficial to your business. I was saying before we hit record that people really, really seem to push like making content, which obviously I love because that's my clients and I help them make content. I still like content, but connect like instead of making content that you're hoping is going to connect with humans, you can also in, in tandem with that connect with humans for real as yourself. So what are some ways that you feel like people... Could do that without being stressed out, like without feeling like they're in a suit with a business card. Rough, the networking, rough thing? shaking hands, <laughs> the networking thing. Yeah, I feel like
1: first of all, you you mentioned the content and the creation stuff. I think it's very natural for all of us to want to create something. Where if you, I mean, everybody's a creative being and we want to create something. But I think when the pressure to create. Comes on and it becomes a job, we don't enjoy it so much. So there's probably a a really beautiful balance somewhere between creating things for a business that feel good, like a podcast. Like I'm doing that, the Ravel radio podcast now, and it's fun and I'm loving it and it's great, but nobody's telling me to do it. Nobody's saying you have to publish three times a week or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, And then I'm going to start blogging a little bit, but it's because I have important things I want to share. It's not because somebody said I need to do X number of blogs with these X number of keywords. So Mm I think the, ba- the beautiful balance can be found when we create things, but then we network in such a way that we build a really supportive community behind us who will help us share and like, so they, we can leverage our network to help get more visibility and influence with the content that we do create. If we want to create content, maybe we just have a service-based business. Like all the women in Ravel are service-based, so they don't need a hundred thousand clients; they need a handful of really good ones.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's mostly what I do, and so it's hard. And it's hard when you're on social media or you're making content to not get wrapped up in like how many likes you got, how many followers you have, how many like all that stuff. We all know it's like vanity metrics, and we all know it doesn't really matter. But like your ego is still kind of like, I don't know. I just wish I had a few more followers, even though it doesn't really mean anything. Um, sometimes, <laughs> you know, like yeah, think but- about
1: this. You have what do we have in Ravel? Like 120 women right now, something like that. Probably. You have a you have 120 women who like every single thing you do in there. Yeah, it's a it's a container that's no different than Instagram. It's just way more niche. The people that are in there, you're not running into you know douchebags that you don't like who are saying things that you don't like because we have a respect level and a, a relationship with one another. That's I, I think having a com- like a referral community like that for women service entrepreneurs is like the best thing you could do for your business because. They all know you and they like you, and that's why people refer you and want to work
0: with you. They like yes. you. Yes. Well, and I think it's funny that you just said niche down because I get mad when people. Oh, talk I know. Too much I hate niche. niche down too. But Did no, I say down? Well, I mean, you just said like it's a niche community, and I'm like, oh, that's where we should be niching. Like who we're connecting with should be like our own little, niched world. Like I liked it when yeah. I liked it when you said it. I was like, ooh, I like that idea. Instead of like how it's normal. Well, I used. like
1: the idea of niching up. As a okay. woman, I don't like being told to niche down because it feels like the patriarchy is telling me to be small or something. Mm. So I always say I'm going to niche up and out into the like most honest expression of who I am. And if that is like HSP, ADHD, crazy, maybe, then those are the people I need to connect with as referral partners because they're going to get me and their people will be my people too.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's okay, why so we get along <laughs> so well. <laughs> so you're saying referral partners, which sounds yeah. a little bit like um, official. So talk more about what you mean when you say referral net, referral partner, because so, I know it's not... Uh, yeah, it's, it's totally not way. that official. It's totally yeah, not yeah, that official.
1: Right. Um, <clears throat> I consider like, okay, so when most people go to like networking events or whatever, I feel like part of the reason that it gets so smarmy feeling is that people... And this happens on LinkedIn too. This is, this is the same mistake people are making on LinkedIn. They're going there and they're looking for clients. They're prospecting when they should be networking. And there's a big difference between those two things. Mm-hmm. Networking, building relationships with people who are complimentary to your business are ideally complimentary because um, anybody could refer you, right? Your mom could refer you, but she's not probably in a position to do that very often. Yeah. Plus she's very subjective,
0: right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Don't listen to my mom.
0: <laughs> Sorry me. Sorry, me.
1: <laughs> but um, yeah. So like I just had a client, I, I, I have this like LinkedIn strategy outreach thing that I do for clients. And when they read this strategy, it's like a bomb goes off in their head because they're like, oh my God, I never thought about it that way. I'm going on LinkedIn and I'm trying to connect with people who might buy my work or, or be my client when I should be connecting with other people, like other entrepreneurs who serve my client. So complimentary mm-hmm. service providers. Um, like so, if, so you and a copywriter would be a great match because if you're building a website or doing something vi- visual, um, mm-hmm. so a copywriter for whoever your ideal client is, coaches or consultants or something like that.
0: Yeah, um, I'm doing LinkedIn wrong too because I was kind of going there. Well, I mean, you know, I have a love-hate relationship with LinkedIn, or I'm like yeah. LinkedIn curious, I should say. I kind of like go in and out of like being curious about LinkedIn. But
1: I do create also- more content than I do, so it makes sense that you your aesthetic is also very much much more aligned with with Instagram, and you like to create content, so that makes mm-hmm. sense. LinkedIn, the reason I like it so much is because I can connect directly with. Someone without having to create content, yeah. And well, I'm even thinking
0: the thing I like about LinkedIn are the people who are over there that I know. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, like, the only time I post on LinkedIn is like, like Raina Willick was on my podcast, so I was yeah. like, oh, I know Raina's on LinkedIn, so I'll like post over there because that. When well, she's um, in Ravel too, <laughs> I know. And so I'm like, oh. And now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, oh, well, maybe if I leaned more into doing LinkedIn the way you just described it. It would actually feel way more fun to me because right now it just feels like I'm sort of treating it like Instagram, like I'm going to create content and like a client is going to jump off LinkedIn into my arms. Yeah.
1: No, so but, it's it's really funny you say that because we have been in Ravel, like a bunch of us have been in Ravel. Ravel's been around for a year and maybe a year, almost a year and a half now. And the relationships in there have developed to the point where we're, a lot of us are really invested in each other's success, which is mm-hmm. like... The final stage of that referral like relationship marketing I call it radical referrals that's my framework for it and that Mm -hmm. final stage is deepening that relationship with someone to the point where they're invested enough to make that make that um, personal connection for you via email or like they care about you that's all it really is right and they know you well enough to know you do a good job at what you do and who you would do who you need to work with and so like What happens now is instead of like us all posting stuff on LinkedIn all the time and trying to just blast out information, when I go on LinkedIn, my feed's full of you guys from Ravel. And because Mm -hmm. I'm invested in you all, I'm spending all my time liking and sharing your stuff and commenting and opening up the algorithm for you and genuinely having important things to say because I know what you do and I care about it.
0: Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it's
1: totally different than just throwing stuff out there and hoping that you have influence.
0: Well, I was thinking too, if you have these people who you know, you've built relationships with and your friends with and they're invested in your success and you're invested in their success. I'm also thinking that like on LinkedIn, it could be in the comments section where you're like, oh, you need to talk to Deanna. Like, I'm like, oh, you need to talk to Kara. Yeah. So that you don't have to be on LinkedIn all the time looking. You don't have to see everything to like advocate for yourself. It's like people are out there, like people have your back.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yesterday, Melissa got on there. This was funny. Melissa got on there our friend um, Danielle LaFleur, who's amazing SEO gal, if anybody needs – she's all about AI right now too. So it's very cool. She posted something on LinkedIn and she said, hey, you guys, I just posted this thing. Does anybody want to go like, like interact and check it out? Because um, she thought it was really cool and she wanted a lot of other people to see it. It wasn't even her content. She shared something mm, from somebody mm-hmm. else's content. And so a bunch of us hopped over there and while Melissa was there, she saw a comment from somebody that she wanted to connect with that knows me and she mentioned me in the comment and I ended up getting a call with her booked. Um, so it's, like, this totally weird roundabout way, but she ended up offering – the gal that I'm talking to was, like, sent me a message and was, like, hey, I w- I'm wondering if you want to take over this online community that I have.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, and
1: I don't. I don't. But, like, you just never know what's going to happen.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. And it's just – like, talk about work smarter, not harder. Like, if you have this whole community, like, rallying around you, then you have, yeah. like, little, little helpers. Well, oh, and, huh. and, like – one
1: of the things that always strikes me about this whole referral process is how powerful that trust transfer is. One of the reasons Melissa um, – you, you know Melissa Zimmerman from our group, but she's one of my biz besties for a long time. And she attributes like 80% of her revenue over the past 10 years to me and in introductions and referrals. That's um, crazy. And it's funny because she operates like I do now too, but she didn't used to. So it's almost like she's become more like me in the the way that I network because Mm -hmm. of just it's because I do these things that generate reciprocity and then she does them back without even realizing it but she loves getting referrals from me because by the time she gets in front of them on a zoom call they're basically like where do I sign I have heard you are amazing you're the best one for the job let's just do this thing Mm -hmm. and that like the conversion rate on that compared to having to pitch somebody and sell yourself it's
0: Mm -hmm. crazy well and make a million posts on Instagram before they even like know who you are and like They're just lurking for a whole year or whatever. Um, I was going to say too, when I, last year I was doing these things, marketing maps and meeting with people and just talking about like, what are you doing? And we would just go through all the different social channels. Like, are you writing blogs? Are you doing a podcast? Whatever. Just to kind of see where they were at. And then also I would ask, where are your sales coming from? And they were almost always from referrals (laughs) and like past clients. Like it wasn't. Any of the millions of things that they were saying, and I know you hate when people shoot on themselves, but during those meetings, people would totally be like, "I know I should be on Pinterest more. I know I should be i know i should I know I should be doing this. I should be SEO optimizing my show, and I'm like, no, 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 this isn't like a judgment call. I just need to know where you're at, But then it was always not where they were getting clients,
1: yeah, it's and I, I say, don't shit on us, right, but the, the truth is that there are like There are best practices, and there are—I don't want to say rules, but there are things that work and things that don't work. Getting referrals as a service-based entrepreneur is a really great way to build your business up. If you're Mm -hmm. making, you know, multiple six figures or seven figures, and you can afford a whole team of people to do your content and take that content to the next level and and disseminate it and repurpose it and all these things, that's great. That's part of your marketing mix. But when you don't have unlimited budget and you have to prioritize what your energy is worth or where you want to put your energy. As a service-based entrepreneur, that is where you put it, especially in the early days.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And I would argue like forever because you just can never underestimate the value of a really connected network.
0: Yes. Yeah. Okay. Let me ask you this. As somebody with a pretty active, large network, how do you keep it all straight in your brain? Like part of me is like coming to more networking events like Ravel. I just went to a new one I learned about called Goldilocks, which was also like – from an introduction. And then I went to that coffee talk, like coffee talk, like a little coffee talk. I went to a coffee <laughs> chat with that person. Then they invited me to this networking group called Goldilocks. Like I don't even know the person who runs it. I feel bad. I should have like looked that up before the episode. I'll link it in the show notes. But um, yeah, I'm like starting to feel like, oh, I got to remember all these people and feeling like, how do I do that? I'm like, should I make a spreadsheet? It was like what I thought. And I was like, I don't <laughs> I doing? What do I do? Do you I'm have so any glad, tips for that? I'm so
1: glad you asked this because this is exactly why I started Ravel. I was, ne- I was networking a ton and I'm the least organized person you'll ever meet. <laughs> um, so I was starting to forget where I saw people and I'd have this call and I couldn't find the conversation we'd had to brush up on what we'd talked about. And I was just losing like everybody. And because I like to introduce people who I think should know each other, I was making all these personal introductions all the time. And it was like getting really overwhelming. And I felt like I was dropping balls and starting to look like a flake. And (laughs) I didn't like that. Also, I just wanted everyone to know each other because I was connecting with all these women who I knew would be really well aligned. So I started, started the community and invited everybody to come in so they could all meet each other. And that's where I keep track of everybody. So you can live in a container in my CRM, where mm-hmm. you don't meet anyone else, or you can live in a container in an online community like Ravel with all my other connections who are strategically aligned with you. And we, I don't see everybody in the community all the time, but we have all these little micro sections of the community. And there are all these little pockets where, like, we have a fresh hell channel where, because our community lives on Slack. So we have mm-hmm. this fresh hell channel, you know, where all the women who care about menopause and business are talking. We Mm -hmm. have the Ravel Travel Channel where we're planning our Mexico trip for November and Mm -hmm. all these little micro spaces where you tend to see the same people over and over again. So what you'll end up with is eventually, you know, probably somewhere between five to 15 really close strategic referral friends um, and then a bunch more that you don't know quite as well, but it's Mm -hmm. about the exposure when you're exposed to somebody over and over and over again and you like them and you keep wanting to be exposed, you eventually end up Really well connected and wanting to help one another succeed, but it's not. You're not going to have 120 referral partners or mm, referral mm-hmm. relationships in Ravel. I don't. Yeah, there are, there are a handful. Of, I mean, I know all of you, but I don't know all of you very very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's the people that you end up getting to know that you like that you end up on text messaging. You and I Voxer all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I send Melissa text messages with we, like. Gifts are my love language. So I send her <laughs> gifts all the time and we laugh. And um those those we went out and went wine tasting with Erica Neubauer. So well,
0: I was thinking that actually before the episode this morning when I was just thinking, like, okay, we're gonna record today. I was like, yeah, it's funny, because then I was thinking that taking it to boxer is like taking it to the next level. We are <laughs> boxer friends. But I do feel like the people I'm boxer friends with, it does sort of fast-forward that. So I would say, I mean, I don't know, I'm like making up my own networking tip on the spot. But maybe after a good coffee chat, like if you do like Voxer, if you really feel like, oh, that was really fun. Because I felt like that before and then never done that. And then it's like time goes by and maybe you're like, oh, that was weird. Like we never. Yeah. Like maybe just move it over to Voxer. See if it can grow a little bit.
1: Because like the way I look at it is. And by the way, that's an excellent tip. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, you rem- so you reminded me of recently. I had a coffee chat, and it was a great. We had like we went like an hour over, which is mm-hmm. another hot tip that I have to give you. Um, I buffer most of my calls with like at least a half an hour because if it's a great conversation, I want to just let it keep going. And maybe, and maybe that's not for everybody, but that's how. I end up with like deeper connections more quickly because if it works, I just let it keep going. Yeah,
0: um, I do that too. as long as I Lemme can. Chatty. So, so yeah. I got
1: off- <laughs> you, nah, me, what? So I got off the we were getting off this call or whatever, and the person gave me. They were like, "I'm, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna give you my phone number. I think we nice. should be text friends." And I was like, "Oh my god, we just out- jumped like four bases because nobody <laughs> talks on the phone anymore or texts, and it feels yeah. very intimate when someone has my phone number now. Mm-hmm. But like a bunch of you girls in Ravel have my phone number.
0: Yeah." Yeah, but yeah, take it like figure it out. I mean, I guess you could be email buddies, but um, I don't know. I don't. We don't
1: need to email because me. I mean, in Ravel, we're in the same community. So, and like LinkedIn is the same sort of sort of container. It's just like a container. Your phone, your text messages are a container where you have people, right? Like um, anywhere you can connect with people. And so, LinkedIn, if you have a small network, like I don't recommend actually people having thousands and thousands of connections. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably need to go through and purge mine again okay. because you you end up with a lot of noise that you don't need. There's not a lot of noise in Ravel that – like I I connect with all you guys in Ravel so we don't need to email. I would go to Ravel if I wanted to talk to one of you guys. Yeah. So I don't need to email you. If I don't have someone on email, I go to LinkedIn, right?
0: Mm-hmm. But it's
1: a bigger, noisier like container. So yeah. I think the idea is to find people and connect with them at, at a high level on LinkedIn and then take it to a smaller container when you see the value of getting to know each other more in some way.
0: Yeah. You know what else I love doing, which I think is is also along this line, is the people who I get emails from, like, market, I guess they're marketing emails. But um, if they send, like, a really funny one, I reply Like, especially if there's, like, I always talk about gifts or, like, Gifts are my love language as well. But, like, if somebody uses a real housewife GIF in their email, like, I'm going to reply because I'm like, oh, my gosh, we need to chat. What's going on this season on Potomac, you know, or whatever. But I feel like I've been doing that kind of back and forth. And I find that then, like, if they're on my list, they get my emails and they write me back. And so, like, even just this morning, this girl was like, I don't know, should we have a coffee chat? Because I feel like we've been, like, laughing at each other's jokes. And I'm like, yes. We should. Yeah. Um, I love that.
1: See, look at you. You just like it's that's a secret that I don't think a lot of people know is that not a lot of people respond to marketing emails. Yeah. They either ignore them or they look at them and then they delete them or they take an action that moves forward. But very few people will respond and say, hey, this was a great email. I mean, it has to be a great email, right? But you know how much
0: people love that? (laughs) yeah well i i do i mean i love it when people reply to mine i'm like oh my god i wrote this email someone read it and like replied um so then reply to yours all the time do it too. i know yeah but we're like friends so True. um nice. but speaking of coffee chats before we got on here too i was telling you how i think i kind of suck at them because i don't talk about business enough but you have thoughts about that
1: i do i think some of the best coffee chats i've ever had we barely touched on business or at the very end one of us would be like okay well um how can I help you? Which I actually, I think that's a really tough question to answer. I always struggle to answer that in coffee chats. So, like, I kind of prefer to to discuss whether or not we should keep in touch or not.
0: Oh, that's um, smart. Like, maybe if you really have a good coffee chat, not about business, you could yeah. just take it over to Boxer and then obviously you guys are going to be friends now. And then if it's so, so, if it's business.
1: like some, so the personal com- we're people, right? Yeah, and I don't really want to work like connect, continue networking and connecting with people. Even if our business is aligned, if I don't really like them as a person. So if I like if it's not a spark during that conversation, it's usually because it's been too stiff or we're just not a good fit. And that's okay. I'll say, okay, well, I'm following you on LinkedIn and I'm looking forward to continuing to support you on there. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, I'm like, you're cool, I'm down. But if it's a good conversation, yeah, voxer. Like, let's voxer. Let's how can we stay in touch? Maybe you yeah. book another call
0: right then. Well, and also it's funny now that you're talking more about this, I'm like, well, this is duh. This is why we connected and we're friends, but like with personal branding and branding, I'm always like, don't sweat it so much. Like make your colors, things you like, like make your stuff, like make it about you, especially like we keep mostly talking about service providers in here. Like if you're, if we're client facing and they're going to work with you anyways, I just really feel like it's important to show up as yourself because on a coffee chat, you're going to be yourself on a, Sales call, you're going to be you. So like they might as well just know what they're getting into. And I think that's kind of what I'm even hearing you say on a coffee chat. Like it's okay if you don't show up and be a robot and tell them your elevator pitch. Like just connect as people first and then –
1: And finding people – like how do you find things you have in common if you're talking to somebody who has a different business than you unless you have like served similar clients or whatever. But maybe you both have kids or maybe you're both from the same area or – Um, I don't know, like the same music or whatever, have the same sense of humor. I think if you're not feeling super comfortable on a coffee chat, the best secret to making it easy is just to stay curious, ask Mm. questions. um, Just be curious about like, I mean, maybe I'll put together a list of questions that help people who want to be curious, but don't know what to say or whatever, but people love talking about themselves. And the more they talk about themselves, the easier it will be for you to find something you either agree with or align with or have in common, or for you to get that spark in your head because a good way to stay in touch afterwards and like get more, because the mere exposure effect is that psychology principle that says people will prefer you just based on continued exposure. Like you Mm. just have to show up again and again and again. And eventually, somebody's like, okay, fine. I love you. And so unless <laughs> like, they had a bad Diana taste, again. unless they, they had a bad taste like in their mouth before, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So they just you know, exposure helps. And so um, if you can get them talking and get to know them well enough to get a spark in your brain of someone that you should introduce them to, or a podcast episode that you think they'd like, or something that you can then follow up with, then I have something on my list that I need to do. I need to email that person again and maybe introduce them to somebody who they would benefit from knowing. Um, and then mm-hmm. you've got that reciprocity built in and they're going to keep
0: thinking about you. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. I always joke that you don't, you don't think of like ideal fl- friend avatars. You just make friends. And I think thinking of networking as just like making some friends who are also entrepreneurs. Yeah, <laughs> It's like I a good way to pull cool
1: out. I, I literally don't have anybody in Ravel like I consider all you guys like my referral people and my friends and there's nobody I wouldn't want to go on vacation with or have a cup of coffee with or whatever like yeah and I don't see why we can't all have a great big community of people who happen to also be strategic partners and Mm -hmm. that we all totally love (laughs) like why is that so hard yeah it's way better for our mental health
0: yes that (laughs) is true and also not as exhausting as constantly trying to come up with new ideas for content yeah Yeah. I mean, like I said, I do love content. It's like part of my job, but people are also pretty freaking cool. So yeah, and they talk about
1: you and they get to know your style and they run into other people who they can tell about you. Yeah, it's just it's a long game. it's not it's not an instant fix. like you put you maybe you get lucky and you put out a blog post or something or an email and you get a hit back maybe. but it, it, the value of networking in a really strategic authentic way mm-hmm. is a hundred million times. Mm-hmm that if you want my perfect personal honest opinion
0: that's which is why i asked you on the podcast you wouldn't <laughs> yes, get it you
1: wouldn't get anything <laughs> else anyway so <laughs> don't even worry about it
0: oh my gosh well thank you so much this has been really fun and now i'm really kind of excited it. to get back on linkedin this is what i do every few months i'm like all right linkedin I'll see you maybe I'll well see you
1: on i mean instagram works too you told I me to listen to pippa's podcast yeah and i connected with her on linkedin and okay. we've been chatting a little bit and talking shit. And <laughs> see?
0: Yeah, she's fun. Oh my gosh. Um, yes, this was awesome. Thank you. And I will see you in Boxer and Ravel on Instagram and maybe on LinkedIn.
1: <laughs> dare, we, dare we dream?
0: Thank you. <laughs> bye, bye. So, yeah, the Ravel Collective is a great place to start growing your network if you're already ready to dip your toe in the world of networking. It's totally laid back, but super supportive and just an amazing space to meet other women growing their businesses too. And Kara is amazing at teaching people how to be great connectors. And she's a LinkedIn pro too. So you should definitely check her out. Um, That was me trying to say obs. That doesn't really show up on a podcast. Obviously, you should connect with her. I should also mention that I have a community that'll be opening this fall that will be dedicated to collaborations and content creation, which will also be a really fun place to meet other business owners too. So no matter what you do, I just think you should think about looking around and trying to find a community or two that will work with your personality and your business goals. I think making time to connect with others is definitely going to pay off for you. Just saying. Okay. I'll see you next time with a big, huge, crazy, fun announcement. What a teaser. See you then.